uh, your go-to source for the latest industry trends and strategies to help you level up your M&A practice. I am your host, Nick Olson, Managing Director of Cornerstone International Alliance, the only international alliance of M&A firms who focus on the lower middle market. Um, our format for this uh, show is pretty simple. I bring in an, a mastermind and we talk about a topic and that's um, that's very you know high profile right now or anything that's going to help out the M&A advisor level up their practice. And today's guest will definitely um, do that for us. He is a current partner of Cornerstone International Alliance. He is a founder and managing partner of the NYBB Group, a lower middle market M&A firm in New York. He comes from a background as a CPA, over 40 years of practice in that realm, and is a certified exit planner amongst a whole bunch of other designations. Um, he has uh, two amazing grandkids, which I hear he spoils tremendously. He is a he formerly owned a Carvel ice cream shop and is currently spending his time learning how to speak Italian. Uh, please welcome my guest today, Anthony Citrolo. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks, Nick. How about yourself? I am doing great as well. I appreciate you joining us today. I didn't. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say hello in Italian because I would embarrass my Italian uh, brethren. So uh, you know, okay. we're still in the learning process. Well, I was going to ask you to say something in Italian, uh, but you know, you don't have. I to. would just say ciao, buongiorno. <laughs> you know, so it's not really good morning anymore. There but, you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, come stai. Which means how are you? And yeah. uh, uh, we'll call it a day after that. So <laughs> sounds good. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate your time today. And today, um, you know, I think is a topic that is relatable to all MA advisors. And it's really a, a focus group that we want to spend some time with and learn about and how they they operate. Um, and that's yeah. the critical role of the CPA in an MA transaction. Now, like I said in the introduction, you have over 40 years experience as a certified public accountant. You still hold your designation, do your continuing education credits. But um, tell us a little bit about your background and how that's helped you um, as an M&A advisor today. Sure, sure. Thank you. Again, I appreciate being on the podcast. I think it's a valuable resource and I hope uh, hope we could shed some light on, uh, on what I think is an important uh, uh, element in, in all our practices. So yeah, I started my career as a uh, uh, as a as an accountant, uh, I went to a school in New York City called Baruch College, and uh, I worked at was uh, what today is called Deloitte, uh, which is one of the big four firms today, and they were big eight. And uh, we did a lot of M&A work there. Uh, uh, actually, Deloitte uh, was helping clients in Lower Manhattan who were gobbling up um, financial planning and, uh, and and stockbroker firms. So Merrill Lynch was down there buying all the small little firms, and we were doing the audits. It was interesting. I currently am certified as a CPA in New York. I also have that designation in Texas, Florida, and New Jersey. So, um, and it's really helped, uh, I think, our practice uh, off uh, a lot. My, my being a CPA and also I participate in CPA events and CPA activities and CPA organizations. So um, they, I've become known in that way. Um, I, um, I think it's... Uh, it's it's been beneficial because they uh, I'm kind of one of them so I happen to have that advantage and I think that works. However, having said that, there are a lot of things I think that people in our industry can do to uh, to kind of engage the CPA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, that's uh, what we're going to dive into here. And so to start out, um, why is having a relationship with with CPA or, or you know CPAs in general so important mm -hmm. as an M&A advisor? Sure. It's a great question. And uh, uh, if, if we look at our clients, um, the, the one 
uh, factor that they have in their life, in their business life on a regular basis is their CPA. The CPA is the one who does not just their tax return. Oftentimes, our clients rely on their CPA for everything from business advice to uh, what car to lease personally. So uh, having a relationship with them, they are really, uh, they really are the trusted advisor for most clients, at least the clients who have formidable businesses. They use their CPA in a way that's going to help them in their business. So if we can, um, if we can have a good relationship with them, they, they are kind of a direct link to the, uh, to the client that we may or may want, not want to engage. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, they have the ear of the business owner, our, 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 our clientele that we want to work with. And so what are, you know, we want to develop these relationships. So uh, obviously you as a CPA um, have some insight here. What are two to three tips that you would offer up to our audience um, on how to go about creating uh, relationships mm -hmm. with, uh, with accountants? Okay. So I think that there's a few, few things you could do that uh, would be important. Number one, um, you want to put yourself in a place where they are. I think it's important. So if you're going to think about an event to attend, you're going to think about a networking event to attend, you may want to find out where CPAs do in fact attend and, 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 and put yourself in a position there. Um, I would say I like to hold myself out as a source of information for them, not a source of, um, uh, of, of really kind of dictating in terms of what they need to do, but information. Right. So I, I think be smart enough to have information about for perhaps what the industry looks like. They want to bring information back to their clients that, that would be valuable. They may want to know what the private equity firms are looking for. They may want to know um, what, what different aspects of a transaction look like. Uh, some of them don't know, but they may not want to uh, necessarily have you think that they don't know. So I, I, I like to put myself in a position where, hey, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. I'm not going to be there. Just kind of banging on your door to say, hey, let me let me talk to your your, your clients because they're going to protect their clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of them are going to protect their clients because maybe they don't think they're ready to sell or ready to move on. But they may not realize that we can provide other information that may help the client actually grow his business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're going to dive into more of that, you know, in, in, a, in sure. a minute here. But, um, you know, what? so you, can, you probably will say some of the stuff you just said will answer the next question. But you have these now you've you've met these these CPAs. You mm -hmm. they kind of know you a little bit. They know of you. They know kind of what you do. But, you know, to enhance and to nurture those relationships, I think, is as equally, if not more important to generating, a, you know, a rapport with them. So mm -hmm. what are some ways in which you would recommend that we can, you know, stay top of mind sure. and, and enhance our relationship and nurture those relationships over time. So on a broader basis, every state has a CPA society. Like, for instance, New York has the New York Society of CPAs. Uh, Texas has one. Jersey has one. I'm sure uh, Wisconsin has one. And they have um, various events that if you want to spend some money there, it would be a good place to sponsor. Mm -hmm. You could sponsor an event and you can basically uh, be noted as the sponsor. Sometimes they, you get two or three minutes to speak. It may work. Um, I, I, we, what we've done is uh, we, we have been able to be providers of CPE credit for CPAs. So we've gone through that process and gotten, re gotten licensed. So we will hold uh, regular sessions, which CPE is granted to CPAs. And it's one way to get them in place. Um, I, I think um, the other thing you can do, most of the CPA societies are, are looking for articles. 
and they're looking for articles for their journal. So if you want to be the trusted professional that folks look at, you may want to write an article. It may give you an opportunity to, um, to, uh, to promote um, you know, a certain aspect of, of what's going on in the industry. And the, the other thing is CPAs would be good guests. Some of them would be good guests. So if you did your own podcast like you're doing, Nick, and people actually got to see that podcast, some of them would be pretty good guests. I think um, um, holding an event, maybe that's for CPAs only, would work too. You got to be very careful because deadlines would cause them not to attend a lot of events. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think you know being a trusted resource for them is more important than anything else. Yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper into the resource for them because, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think we want to be able to help them, you know, advise their clients. You know, that's ultimately what we as, you know, we can do for them to help them, you know, look, um, you know, I guess is for lack of a term, kind of, you know, really fully advise them. And, and mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a lot of them know the industry of M&A, but um, we can help them kind of dive a little deeper, be more intricate into what we're talking to their what they're talking to their clients about um sure. so how, what other ways or how can we help them best you know how would you recommend we as m a advisors help be a resource educate and help the cpa best advise their clients so uh, look I, I i think let's look at a few topics that i think would be useful um and um Perfect. sometimes um a cpa who has a client may not understand what his or her um, uh, participation would be in, let's say, a, a possible transaction. And I, I try to look at it that way. Number one is they may not realize what the financial needs of the client will be relative to who the buyer is. For instance, many of our clients need trailing 12 months of financial statements, balance sheets, and P&Ls. Those are an additional source of work. The CPA may not know that. Um, a lot of the CPAs um, don't necessarily understand what happens when you want to recast financial statements. So that's something that you can work with them on. Um, but I think, you know, providing that as a source of information, whether, as I said, whether it be in an article, whether it be in a, a direct contact, I think would be important. Many of us are in the presence of CPAs, and, and I think uh, some people, you know, want to, their first inclination to say, Hey, listen, you have any clients who are looking to sell? Um, and and that's, that's probably not the right approach. But when you talk to them and talk to them about things like exit planning, talk to them about succession planning, talk to them about, um, you know, give them a story, for instance, about uh, perhaps a client of yours that uh, you helped through a transaction. Maybe uh, they didn't have a management team or they had concentration of customers. And the, it'll it'll trigger things in their mind that I think will help them better relate to their clients. And, um, and uh, that's, that's what we try to do on, on our side. And it's been uh, fairly effective. I think it's difficult a lot of times to get CPAs to kind of, you know, rear their head and, and say, hey, listen, I have somebody who needs some help. But we try to just tell them, listen, you may just want to know, for instance, I could do some research if your client is in the HVAC world. I can help you and, and provide either uh, an IBIS report or I can provide uh, uh, other reports that will give you an idea of what the industry looks like. So I, that's the way we try to be resources for them. Um, and then the flip side of it, too, is, you know, there are some CPAs that may want to participate in the transaction and participate in the whole process. And we, 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 you know, work with them in that way if that's something they want to do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just mentioned participate. Like, what is their role in a transaction um, when their clients look so, to sell their company? Keep in mind, um, you know, their role is important because, you know, when we're going through a transaction, we're going through diligence. The financial part of diligence is probably the first and foremost and, and maybe the most important. There's a lot of other areas of diligence that we go through now. So the, the CPA has to realize that um, the buyer um, or some, the, the acquirer in the case of a transaction, they're going to look for they're going to look for the last, let's say, five years of financial statements. And uh, sometimes they want financial statements. There are many CPAs on low or middle market clients that only provide tax returns for their clients because if maybe if they don't have to go out and borrow money, they don't need tax. They don't need financials. There are some that do provide financial statements. And then as uh, as they go uh, forward, uh, we're going to need updates on we need updates on those financials, whether they be quarterly or monthly updates. Um, oftentimes. Um, they need to talk to their client up front. There are so many clients who come to us and say, what's the tax effect of the transaction on me? And I, I look at them and I go, listen, I may be a CPA, but I'm not your CPA. That's, that's the job for them. So you want to let the CPA know that I'm not, not looking to you know, really put myself in your position. Okay, I'm not going to give tax advice. I'm not going to give legal advice. That's important for you. So tax planning is something that the, the TPA really needs to do upfront as part of the exit planning process. Many clients are not really prepared. So the CPA's role is, is, is integral in, in terms of getting a transaction done. As you know, Nick, you may have heard that, you know, sometimes when we need the financial information, we need the financial information right away. It's right. not something we can wait for. And there's a, a voluminous amount of information that oftentimes is necessary including aged accounts receivable reports, including uh, a list of customers with concentration. Sometimes the CPA needs to help their clients do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And let's take a step back from the actual transaction too, and you mentioned exit planning. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a CPA of a business owner can also play an integral part in preparing their, their, their client for that, you know, that exit. So what role or why, why is exit planning so, well, first off, why, Besides the obvious, why is planning so important uh, for the owner, and and how do, so, can you work in conjunction with the CPA or her CPA? Look, and you know it's a great message for CPAs too. Hey, listen, we're not really looking necessarily for your client who wants to sell their business, but are you looking long term or or let's say in the next three to five years and say, look at my client, what position is he or she in, so that they can exit the business, realize the most amount of money possible for their company. So the exit planning process for a CPA, he has to kind of look at it and say, hey, if my client is three or four years away from exiting, what what needs to be done with that client that will actually help them prepare their business for sale? Do they have that? Do they have a a structure that's in place that can actually operate the business? Um, Are there uh, contracts in place? Uh, Do they have their financial house in order? Um, And I think it's a good way to approach a CPA because it's not like you're telling the CPA, hey, your client needs to sell his company tomorrow. And then the CPA looks at it as, hey, I've lost the client mm-hmm. or, hey, the client's not ready. But look at him two or three or four years away. For those of us, those of us who've done exit planning, you know, oftentimes it doesn't fit into the client's box, so to speak. This the client is so busy running his or her business. If the CPA can take kind of a bird's eye view, knowing he knows what the baggage is, right? He knows the type of company that it is. He knows how it's operated. He knows what their cash flow is. He knows what they need from the bank. He knows all of these component parts 
So if he can actually, or she, of course, can put it together and actually present it to the client and say, hey, listen, you know what? You have children in the business. They may or may not take over the business. Let's think about what we need to do. If the kids take over the business, we go in one direction. If the kids don't take over the business, we go in another direction. And then we can assist the CPA, letting him or her know what the marketplace looks like for that type of business, for that industry, what they look at, what the metrics are, you know, what the KPIs are. So I think if, if, if that CPA takes a step back and looks at it and says, I think there's a lot of ways I can help the client. And, um, and, uh, and at the same point, they can actually make some money, you know, and they're going to be billing for services. So I think yeah. that those are the, that's really an important role for the CPA. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that also provides their clients value that they can provide this type of coaching or planning ahead of time. Um, and so, you know, you've you've seen this probably a lot. You've, you've completed a lot of M&A transactions. You know, from your perspective on the M&A side, you know, how many times do you have business owners come to you and want to sell, um, but in your opinion, you know, they're not ready to? Um, and then mm -hmm. retroactively, like, what could have been done to have that conversation be like, I'm ready to sell, I've planned and let's go, you know, cause there's two different scenarios right there. Yeah, well, look, that happens often. I mean, I, I remember a case where we had a, a fellow named Frank who had a manufacturing business and uh, he was a great guy. And uh, he, he, um, he said to me, he goes to me, you know, Tony, I have, I have a great business for, for the last 30 years. Um, I've made a great living um, and uh, lower middle market company. And he said, you know, I've had, I have seven customers that have really provided me 95% of my business and they've been with me for 30 years. And uh, Frank, and I said to Frank, I said, that's great, Frank. Um, just give me an idea of what the customers look like. And he gave me a litany of, of what their purchases were. The top customer represented 27.5% of his business. And he thought it was great. The CPA really wasn't in, in play with Frank. And, you know, if he or she would have told, talked to Frank early, he would have said, hey, listen, that's a little too much concentration of one customer. We ended up selling the company. Frank was ready to get an exit. He wasn't in a position to do exit planning. Some people are, when they come to us, they go, listen, I just want to get out. And if it's going to, I'm going to have to take a little bit of a bite on, on the price uh, because of, of the way the business is structured. I'll do that. Turns out that that, that business was sold. The, the buyer carved out the 27.5% and paid him that as an earnout uh, and paid him the rest of, most of the rest of the money uh, in, in and up front and uh, the other 27 and a half percent he earned actually over the next uh, four years, as mm -hmm. it turns out, if the CPA was, you know, kind of involved with Frank and if Frank wanted to listen to him, uh, sometimes the clients don't listen, you know, Nick, sometimes <laughs> the clients don't listen to anybody, yeah. right? Uh, they, that the, the CPA could have said, Hey, let's, let's look at this. If you want to sell in three years, let's try to, to remedy that situation. Let's remedy the fact that, you um you have a high concentration of customers and the other thing that frank did is frank was a great guy too but he he had his, his cpa prepare tax returns only so frank didn't have financial statements so what happens is when the when the purchaser came he had to get his his account his, his cpa to kind of get financial statements prepared it caused the delay in the transaction and um it did cost frank a lot you know a lot more money than it really had to if he had mm -hmm those financial statements at hand. It also sent a message to the buyer that Frank really wasn't the type of guy that managed the business using the financial information at hand. Yeah. And that, that sometimes is, is, is something that the CPA can help with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I know you can't, you know, say for certain, but um, 
maybe percentage wise or, you know, like how much, how much do you think in this situation, the client left on the table because he wasn't prepared or didn't do the planning or like, what kind of impact would that have on the client? Um, if, if, yeah, well, you know what I mean? It's hard to, hard to monetize it, but I think sometimes, you know, it's, I guess we call it in, in terms of turns, a half a turn or a turn. Yeah. If somebody's going to pay you a multiple of three or four or five for the business, you know, sometimes you can get four five or six. You know, if you go up a point uh, on that and you're selling the business for, you know, you, you figure it out. You're selling the business for, 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 for $10 million and it's a multiple of four and you're getting a multiple uh, you're getting, um, you, you know, you get, you could get a multiple of five. You could sell, sell that same business for twelve and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. So the return on investment is tremendous. Um, and then from a CPA standpoint, he's creating work for himself. Yeah. And, and I think that's one thing. He's also really doing the best thing on behalf of the client. Right. And I, I think really that's all our goal here, right? Our goal is to really enhance the value for for the client. So providing yourself with access to the CPA. The other thing it does, Nick, is if we we engage the CPA that way and the CPA helps the client, the CPA looks at us as really kind of good guys. We've helped mm-hmm. his practice, we've helped his client, and then he is more apt and likely to refer us that we, we basically have kind of moved him in the right direction. Right, yeah, and kind of look at you um, as a partner rather than, like I said, maybe someone who's working against them um, in certain ways. And, and um, you know, so if you can, like you said, you know, we're all looking out for our clients. If we can do the best by them from a CPA's perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, that is helping them prepare, you know, a couple of years in advance. And I would say, and, and, and give me, a, you know, your, your take on this. Um, all of us as m advisors, you in particular, would be a resource and be happy to, you know, pick up the phone and, and talk to, you know, CPAs sure. and helping them, you know, with the exit planning or, you know, the preparatory stuff to be ready to sell. Right. Am I correct in saying that? I routinely I routinely tell the CPAs, listen, just call me for information. You know, I just like I'll call you for tax information. Right. The, mm-hmm. the clock is not running. It's yep. not going to cost you anything. And and it, it'll, it'll kind of make you kind of a, a smarter person as it relates to my area of the business. And I think, you know, we have to hold ourselves out as the professional in our business. Right. Not just as the broker or, or the intermediary. We have to hold ourselves as the the expert in the business and that our job is to enhance value as opposed to necessarily just execute a transaction. Right. I believe the transactions will come anyway, Nick. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And I think if we hold ourselves to a higher standard, not, you know, sometimes the image for a CPA of somebody in our profession is that, oh, they're just another quote unquote broker or they're just another sales guy they're just that and they just want to get at my client and and cpas are very protective so if we look at ourselves and say you know what we're better than that okay mm-hmm. we're more than that we're we're a more we're a bigger resource than that then all of a sudden when they they see you they're not going to be running in the other direction and right. i think they're going to really play ball with you more and you know a lot of people in cornerstone have done a great job at this okay i'm, I'm just one of the of the 27 or 28 groups that we have and some of them have a tremendous relationships with CPAs. They have it with attorneys. They have it with bankers. They have it with all different kinds of people because they hold themselves out to a higher standard. They hold themselves out as somebody who you can rely on, as somebody who's not going to do the wrong thing. We're not going to prematurely sell a business. We're not going to put something on the market that really is going to be overpriced. We're not going to really lead the customer or the client in, in a wrong direction. And we're going to go back to the CPA 
when the, when the client asks for tax advice. Hey, mm -hmm. he's your professional. He's your go-to person. I'm not. I know enough to be dangerous is what I tell people, you know, because uh, they see sometimes they see I'm a CPA. They think they think that I have tax law in my head. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I know enough to be dangerous. And I have a son who's a CPA, as it turns out. And um, and I, I go to him for advice because he's active in practice and I'm still certified. But I think um, I would rather get with people who do this thing full time. You know, you can't be part time at anything and do a good job. We say that about people in our business, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the case. And the CPA is out there doing this more than full time. Most CPAs today are working 80 hours a week. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's truly amazing how your perspective is. Um, you know, first and foremost, we're out, we're out looking for our clients, but you know, you're wanting to help them look good as well, and to develop that rapport and that relationship with them. Because you know, quite honestly, as an industry, you know, we rely heavily on our our referral sources. Uh, you kind of hit you kind of hit the the top couple of them CPAs attorneys wealth managers uh, business coaches exit planners you know value enhancement companies like those are all the 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 the, the connections that we want to make and enhance those relationships with um, build that trust and that rapport so when their clients are ready to come up for sale that they think of us first and that definitely holds true here as we're talking with the CPAs that we want to make sure that. Whenever that happens, that you know they rely on us, they trust us enough to send them our way whenever that transaction you know might be inevitable. But you know we don't want that to we don't want to lead with that. You know that's a big thing that I took sure. away from what you just said. You know we're not always leading with hey I want to sell the company of your client. Well let's let's kind of you know walk before we run here. And Nick, you know what? If and last thing is if you have a pipeline of these folks who are CPAs, you know it's going to establish a great pipeline for your business as an advisor. Because, they're, they're, you know, and look, there's nothing better for us than to have somebody who's prepped and ready to go in a great position, right? Somebody who their financials are in order, their clients, you know, their, their, their customer list is in order, their management team's in order. If we can actually get a CPA who buys in, and, and there are plenty who will, and understand that, you know, there have been a lot of CPAs lately who've gone through the SEPA course, the Certified Exit Planning Advisor course, or some of the other exit planning courses. So there are people who are engaged in looking at it. Last thing is, I, I ran a committee for the New York State Society of CPAs for a couple of years. It was exit and succession planning, not for CPAs in their practice, for them to bring that information to, to, um, to their clients. And there was tremendous reluctance to kind of even think about doing that. And slowly but surely, we gained some momentum. And I think the reluctance is that um, they, they, they don't think they should be advising their client just to sell the company. So they think when they think exit planning, they think sale. And now we have to have them we have to realign their thoughts a little bit and say, hey, exit planning is something you could look at three, five, seven years down the road. And sometimes exit planning, the exit is the succession part and you retain a client and you return a client that's a bigger client, that's yep. a more robust client that you can make more money on, that you can provide more services to. And, you know, we as advisors, sometimes those clients are good clients because maybe then they'll do some add on acquisitions. And we don't have to sell their company. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways to kind of skin a cat, so to speak. Right. And I think yeah. uh, we have to be smart about it and kind of get in their head a little and just be that trusted advisor. Right. Well, I couldn't say it any better. Uh, Anthony, that was that was amazing insight, um, amazing information. And I know anybody who's watching this episode is going to find tremendous value in how we can work with CPAs to not only help their clients, but also become their trusted advisor 
and work and develop a rapport with them. And that'll just be fruitful for all of us and, you know, the in play here whenever, um, you know, whenever a transaction, you know, comes to fruition. So Anthony, appreciate the time. That was amazing. Um, great insights. Where can our listeners find more about you and the NYBB group and all the great stuff you guys are doing? Sure. So they can contact me uh, on my emails, Anthony at the NYBB group.com. Uh, that's uh, they can find us on the web, www.thenybbgroup.com. It's pretty easy. Or they could call me directly, uh, 646-801-6590. Be happy okay. to talk with anyone. Awesome. I, I know you're, uh, you're a great resource for me and always available, so I appreciate that. And anybody who works with you would, would echo those sentiments. So, Anthony, thank you for joining me today. And that's another episode of the M&A Mastermind Podcast. Anthony, a true mastermind today. So, uh, again, thank you for that. Um, please like, share, comment uh, on this episode, uh, subscribe to, to our YouTube channel and do Anthony and I a favor, send this to anybody that you might find, you know, valuable for and, and to and um, help spread the word on uh, how we can create great relationships and rapport with, with CPAs out there. And until next time, thank you and take care.